0: Don't know about you, but I'm a little bit chilly. Anyone else feeling that this morning? I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm I'm cold, and I'm wearing gloves too. So we'll see how that goes. Um, see if I can even handle my Bible this morning. Um, if you guys, uh, if you do have your Bibles, would you turn with me to to the Gospel of John? Um, I un- I understand if. Uh, I could understand maybe if you, uh, you want to just uh, listen or, or if you, if you nec- didn't necessarily um, uh, come prepared or with a Bible or maybe your fingers are just too doggone cold and you just got to leave them in your pockets and I understand that. That is, that is just fine. Um, but if you would, I, I'll, I'll try to turn there if I can with my cold gloved hands um, to John chapter 20. See and believe. See and believe. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. My, my daughter and I were talking about uh, tennis and wearing glasses and, or sunglasses or visors and being able to see um, what you're doing out there and being able to hit the ball when it comes over the net and not having the sun in your eyes and not having a glare and things like that. And, and I remembered back to high school, I played baseball all growing up. So uh, from, from when I was six years old playing t-ball all the way up through high school ball and even a, uh, a one, one year of summer ball league after my, f- my freshman year of college. And um, I remember being a pretty, a, a decent hitter growing up. Um, and then as I got into high school, uh, the last couple of years of Of high school ball, I I just remember really struggling at the plate. I just felt like I just wasn't seeing the ball, and uh, and just didn't didn't matter how it was, didn't matter how hard I tried, um, I just struggled and struggled, and I I remember getting into, getting out of high school and thinking, well, I guess I just, I guess I'm just not that much of a hitter, and, um, but I, I play the play the field really well, so that's, you know, that's a good thing I suppose. I got into, I got into college and uh, I went into those, you know how college classrooms are, are a little bit larger than high school classrooms generally, right? So I got into the college classroom and I remember thinking, I can't see the board very well. I don't know what they're putting up there on the chalkboard, but I'm really having a hard time seeing it. So I went to see the eye doctor. And he said, you need glasses. I thought, really? I need glasses? That's interesting. So I got glasses and pretty, and after that, I thought, I can see. I can see well. This is working out pretty well. Well, I said, uh, I told you I played one summer of uh, summer ball after my college year with glasses on. And I had the best year of batting of my life. <laughs> it's amazing what can happen when you can see. It's amazing what can happen when you see. The the passage that we're looking at today is about seeing and believing. Seeing and believing. Would you read with me in John chapter 20, or I'll read it aloud, you follow along with me. You can follow along on the screen as well. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. The resurrection story right here. also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this brief uh, time this morning that we have to to hear this word, uh, God, I just pray that your your spirit will be in us and speak to us. Give us insight and give us wisdom. Help us to understand what we are seeing here. Help us understand your word for us this morning. God, may it transform us today for your glory and for our joy. We pray. Amen. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. What's going on? Do you know the story? Are you familiar with the story? Uh, The story of the gospel account? Here we have... Uh, here we have a woman going to a, a tomb. what tomb whose tomb the tomb of jesus what 's been going on uh, the, just Just two days prior uh, Jesus was crucified and and laid in this tomb the 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 disciples had been scattered from the moment Jesus was arrested. They were in darkness and despair. they were wondering what what is this all about? Uh, what's going on here? We had a Messiah, a, a King. We thought was going to reign forever. We thought was going to uh, defeat our enemies. We thought was going to change the world, and he's dead now. What's going on? There's this this theme of darkness. It is is not just a, a a setting of the day. Although, Mary certainly was going there before dark. I imagine that she probably woke up like some of you this morning while it was still dark. And you and you woke up and you went out to a place, a very cold place maybe. I, that was my experience this morning. Um, in fact, I remember thinking about this. Uh, this, this passage is, was going through my head just this morning. And I was... Uh, I was leaving my, my bedroom after I had gotten dressed and I had turned off the light of the bathroom. And my wife is still getting her last few minutes of sleep. And as soon as I turned the bathroom light off and started to head out my door, I realized it's really dark in here. I can't see a thing. We can't see. Darkness causes blindness. Darkness in this case, um, it, it caused uh, ignorance of what was going on. They lacked understanding. The disciples. I, I don't know if you um, if you could put yourself in their position, just thinking prior to the resurrection, because it's really easy for us at this at this point in history to think, oh yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, Friday's here, but Sunday's coming, right? Sunday's coming. We know Sunday's coming because it already came. But for Mary, for the disciples, darkness—that was their experience. In the, in the in the in the in the New Testament, darkness refers often to uh, ignorance or lack of understanding. It it can refer to spiritual blindness, and it refers to death. Darkness, death caused by sin, Ephesians 2.1 refers to our spiritual death. We were dead in our sins, in our trespasses against God, in our rebellion against God. That is the human condition. The human condition, the natural default of the human condition is darkness, death, death. And here was Mary going to a place of death, a tomb, going to the tomb while it was still dark. It's no, um, it's no mistake that John emphasizes that in his gospel account, because he wants us to see a, the contrast between the darkness of death, the darkness of sin, the darkness of ignorance, and blindness and the light and the life of the resurrection. So she came to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. The story was that Jesus was buried in this tomb and they rolled a giant stone across this carved out tomb in a rock face. And they in the, uh, the other accounts, the other gospel accounts, they say they posted guards there. She shows up in the the tomb is open, and the rock has moved away, and where are the guards? Attention of the guards. What's going on here? Because pr- just prior to that, she, had, she and the other women had witnessed where they had laid him. They knew exactly where to go, and it wasn't like it was before. What was going on? So she ran, and she went and told the other disciples, We have Simon Peter who is kind of like the head spokesman of the disciples. You know, he could call him the lead disciple, I suppose. Um, then there's the one whom Jesus loved. And, and uh, scholars agree that this was probably, the, probably John himself who wrote down this gospel. He, he referred to himself as somebody who needed the love of Jesus for himself. And Jesus, so, so he says he's the one whom Jesus loved. And these two particular disciples hear this report. They have taken the Lord. What was Mary thinking? What was Mary thinking? Mary was thinking, he's, he's not there. They must have, somebody must have stolen his body. Somebody must have moved him to a different tomb. What's going on? We saw where he was buried. The tomb was open. Where did they, t- we don't know where he's been put. So Peter, a man of action, along with John, who's probably slightly, a a little bit younger than him, they head for the tomb and it was kind of a foot race. See who could get there before uh, before the uh, the other. John got there first, it says. Um, He outran Peter, but he didn't go into the tomb. I wonder why. Maybe it was, maybe he was a little bit nervous about what he might find there. Maybe, um, maybe he wasn't sure. Maybe he didn't quite understand what Mary was trying to say. Maybe he thought, well, uh, gosh, Mary, um, um, are, were you seeing things? Or did you go to the right tomb? Or did you, you know, what, whatever the case was, I don't know. Maybe he was uh, afraid to go in because if Jesus' body was indeed there, it would just, it would just break his heart. But Peter didn't worry about it. He just went right in, like Peter does all the time. He just goes right in and he sees. What did he see? Peter came, falling, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up by itself. He sees something here. He sees the evidence that this was no grave robbery. That this was no, um, this was, this was no um, just movement of the body. Somebody didn't come in and unwrap Jesus and then take his body out and then fold up the, 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 the garments after him. Something happened here. Something happened. The other disciple says, who had reached the tomb first also went in. And notice what happens here. He sees. Right? He sees and he believes. He sees. And what he sees brings new life to his mind. We ta- I talked a moment ago about darkness. About that, that human condition that we are all in. And I, uh, I, I wonder, I ask myself this question, Uh, What will remove that darkness? What will bring light and life? It's what is going on right here in the story. We need a resurrection. We need a new life. We need to experience what John experienced. We need to see and believe. The, uh, the, uh, the, 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 darkness and light motif is throughout the gospel of John. In John 8, 12, Jesus says this, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And again in John 12, verse 46, he says, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Where are you at? Where are the people around you at? Those who have not Experienced new life, who are still walking in darkness. We need a resurrection. We need new life, and the people around us need it as well. Imagine these disciples, you know, hearing this call of, of Jesus, hearing this teaching of Jesus. Whoever follows me, Jesus said, whoever uh, leaves in me. Well, they followed him, right? They followed Jesus until he was arrested. <laughs> They believed in Jesus until he died, and then they thought, what is this? And it wasn't until John looked in for himself and uh, saw the evidence. It says that he believed. He saw and he believed. What kind of belief was this, do you think? Some people would argue that, well, he believed what Mary said, that. They may be that the body had been moved. No. He believed that Jesus had risen from the dead because he saw the evidence. But he, had, he didn't see Jesus. Where is Jesus? I mean, wouldn't that have, wouldn't that have given him something to believe, right? Well, we could be like that. We, unless I see this miracle for myself. Uh, unless I can put my hands in his nail prints and, and in his side. But John says that he saw the evidence. He saw the, 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 the cloths. He saw the face cloth. He saw the linen cloth. And he believed. What would it take for us to have that kind of belief? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the new life. That's the new life that is offered by the resurrection. That's the new life that is offered in Christ. John 20 verse 31. I'm sure you'll, you'll hear a little bit about this later this morning too. But John writes that he, he put all of this stuff in the gospel that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. you thought about what it would take to believe like that? What kind of belief is that? Belief in Jesus as the Christ? Belief in Jesus as the Son of God? That he's not just the Christ, but maybe that he's your Christ. <laughs> right? If you're going to believe in him. You're not not—you're not just believing in a story, believing that the events occurred, believing that it happened long ago, and that it was important somehow, but that you're believing for yourself as well. That he is your Messiah, that he is your Christ. Meaning that you admit that you're a sinner. That you need a Christ. That you believe that his perfect, sinless life was lived for you. That you believe that his death was 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 accomplished or accomplished your forgiveness, that that he received your punishment, the punishment that you deserve, that his resurrection gives new life for you, for you and for all who put their faith in him to give you new life so that death is not the end, so that death is not the ultimate. See and believe That is the challenge, at least one of the challenges of the resurrection. That we would come to this point and not just have another Easter Sunday and not just have another uh, holiday to celebrate or songs to sing, but that we would experience the new life. Where are you at? Where are you at in your journey? I look around me and I see a a lot of faces who... Who are in church week after week after week. And for many of you, you've already made that decision. It's, you already have experienced new life, new, new salvation. You've been regenerated. You've been born again. But what's going on in your life that needs the resurrection power of Jesus? Today. Do you need to be born again, born anew today? Do you need to be restored in some way today from a besetting sin, from something that is, that is separating you from maybe from some other people, from family, from friends, maybe, maybe something that's in your life that is keeping you from growing the way you want to grow. Then the offer of new life is, is there for us Every Resurrection Sunday, whether we've been born again or not, it's there for us every time we put our faith in what Jesus has accomplished for us. His good news is that every day is a gospel day. Every day is a resurrection day. Every day is an, with him is an offer of new life. I wonder if maybe some of you are like my friend Pilgrim, who uh, who was on a on a journey from his city of destruction to the city, the celestial city of God. Uh, along his journey, um, uh, this pilgrim, his name was Christian. He he encountered. Uh, many friends along the way and, and many people who were would-be and, or who were distracting him from his journey. Uh, one friend he encountered, his name was Hopeful. And Christian and Hopeful um, journeyed together for quite a long time until they ran into this, this really difficult place. Called it a castle, the castle despair, or excuse me, Doubting Castle. And in that castle, Doubting Castle, there lived a giant. And the giant's name was Despair. And they ended up in this castle, Doubting Castle, with a giant despair. And they 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 despaired of ever leaving that place, leaving that dungeon, leaving that darkness. In fact, they were in there through. The weekend, Thursday and Friday, and on Friday the giant despair and his, his words to them begin to ring in their minds that maybe maybe on this Friday they ought to just end their lives. It's just, there's it, no, no point in going on. Too much darkness, too much despair. They, they pondered this and throughout, throughout Saturday and... And he said that on Saturday, about midnight, the the story goes that they began to pray and and continued in prayer till almost break of day, Sunday morning. Now a little before it was day, good Christian, as one half amazed, broke out in this passionate speech. And he said, What fool am I thus to lie in a stinking dungeon When I may as well walk at liberty, I have a key in my pocket called promise that will, I am persuaded, open any lock in Doubting Castle. Then said hopeful, That is good news, good brother. Pluck it out and try it. Then Christian pulled it out of his pocket and began to try at the dungeon door whose bolt, as he turned the key, gave back. And the door flew open with ease, and Christian and Hopeful both came out. Then he went to the outward door that leads into the castle yard, and with the key opened that door also. And he went to the iron gate, for that must be open too, but that lock went very hard. Yet, the key did open it. Then they thrust open the gate to make their escape with speed, but that gate as it opened made a creaking that it waked giant despair who hastily rising to pursue his prisoners felt his limbs to fail for his fits took him again. He was enraged so that he could by no means go after them. Then they went on and came to the king's highway again and so were safe because they were out of his jurisdiction. So what happened to my friend the pilgrim, his name's Christian. The promise of God, the promise of God was sure. For as yet, John wrote in his gospel, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. You heard Psalm 16 a moment ago. He did not let his Holy One see decay, see corruption. Jesus rose from the dead. He did not stay in the ground. He did not stay dead. And so what does that mean for us? We can see and believe, but we can trust his promises. He fulfilled all scripture. He died. He rose again. He did not lay in the ground. His body did not see decay, but he came to new life. Life forevermore. And because of that, we can trust his promises. We can trust his word. That we can experience the same new life with the same power of the resurrection that Jesus had that first resurrection Sunday. Amen? See and believe. That's our challenge today. And I I want to encourage you to take that as your cry, as as your proclamation to those around us who need to hear that message as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,